This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Malka LaBelle from the Green Generation Co. joins me as usual for the Business of Cannabis you can find more information and find out how she can help you at www.greengencompany.com. Melka, how are you on your uh, continuing uh, West Coast trip? I'm great, Dean. Thank you. Calling you, uh, speaking to you from Vancouver today. Excellent. Uh, the beautiful city of uh, Vancouver, a short trip from one of my favorite places, uh, Vancouver Island. Uh, I think we should all get out to Vancouver Island every once in a while for our sanity. Yes, definitely. On, it's definitely on the destination path for sure. <laughs> all right, so let's start off uh, with our uh, first topic of uh, discussion. And this is something that you caught in uh, the news cycle, a press release advertising illicit websites did your eyes like pop out of your head yeah and i i can't claim that i thought at the original source this was actually from my good friend david brown uh who publishes the strat can uh cannabis uh, news source which i faithfully read so he's the one that did the first expose on this just a couple days ago um and i saw it on his uh feed and i'm like holy crap um this was an eye popper for sure. Um, there's so many things about this of this that are so wrong and that need to be fixed like imminently for the sake of the, the population of Canada um, and all of the things that we've been talking about up till now, which is really how to really close the loop on the black market. Well, here's a way where they're just making their loophole bigger <laughs> and more credible. Mm-hmm. Um, and And so basically what happened was that this, company or this web this online illicit retailer called blowout 420 has a very professional looking website which is not unlike many of the ones that i have seen Mm -hmm. uh, that are still occurring to this day and they uh, paid for a service which is one that most companies that are uh, in the news would very well recognize which is the canadian newswire they have an offshoot called Sizian. i don't know if it's a new product line or what it is but it's a it's a newswire, so it's basically you write a press release and and you subscribe to these newswire services that then amplify and send out these press releases to every establishment that has that reads press releases, which is like every newspaper and every you know real credible place or you know traditionally credible place to find real information. So it's almost like they're gaming a system here, and they put out this uh, news pre- uh, release that is talking about. Um, you know, we're in the anniversary or it's, it's since October 17, 2018, under the Cannabis Act, then marijuana becomes legal in Canada. Ordering weed online is easy and, of course, 100% within the legal Cannabis Act, which is just a blatant lie. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the headline is 100% not true. Um, which is why it's so crazy uh, in the first place. Did you have a chance to look at this, yeah. uh, Dean, and, and see for yourself? What, what, yeah, like this is the, th- you, I think you made a really good point. And, and when I was at, uh, worked at Global Television and back when people used to fax stuff, 
we would get faxes of all kinds of things that would come in. And, and sometimes producers just rip and, and read or put it in and, oh, this is kind of a good story. And now television is a little bit different, but if you're working at a radio station, there's something that's called rip and read, where basically you're trying to put a newscast together and you're just ripping stuff off that you printed and reading it. This could easily get out into the mainstream media. And, and the one thing that you mentioned is that they make their websites look very professional and very legal, sometimes going to the point of actually using the logo that is on legal cannabis. And so you have to really like some of these people do a really good job of making you think they are legal. That's exactly their intention. Like they're literally, they're taking advantage of the fact that the general public has no friggin' clue what is a legal product and what isn't and where it comes from and where it doesn't come from. And they're ca- they're capitalizing on it. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're very well-funded because their products command a good price on a very low-cost-to-operate e-commerce model. Mm-hmm. And they don't have regulations to adhere to. So, or taxes. Like, exactly. So it's like, you know what, they're – but the funny thing is, is even the tax situation is confusing. A lot of these businesses operate paying GST – because they don't have to necessarily disclose their GST number. Like, no one's checking right. on their website where it adds in your GST or even your PSC. You know, that's something you do as a, as a business owner. And even CRA, like, when you register for a GST number, and I happen to know because I just went through this process, you know, it's kind of onerous to, to set up a GST number, but every business has to have one. So even if you're running, you know, any kind of e-commerce, it doesn't matter what what you're the product you're selling any kind of business can have a, a gst number that doesn't indicate anything about the legality of cannabis around it so it's like they can still look and feel and pay taxes and do all of the normal things that a regular e-commerce site does and even put out headlines like this that they are ordering weed online is as easy as you know just going to an e-commerce site when the truth is going to an e-commerce site is not legal in Canada for, for buying uh, cannabis online. Mm-hmm. The only places that you can actually buy cannabis online in Canada is from the provincial regulator, regulator in the middle, like the Alberta Cannabis Store or the Ontario Cannabis Store. They're the only ones that are allowed to sell cannabis online um, and deliver it to your door. And they're, the only caveat to that is if you have a medical prescription then you can be set up with a licensed producer and only order from that one licensed producer site. So unless you're not informed, like, and, and they're literally capitalizing on this that people wouldn't know the difference, they're simply just putting out an ad to a very common, well-established, credible source of news and hoping that no one notices that these details are not looked at. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and one thing, the the Newswire, uh, they need to be, do a better job of, of obviously screening but do you know for me the one issue that could clear up a lot of the confusion on who is legal and who isn't legal is maybe some advertising because if you see a commercial for cannabis then you know that that cannabis is going to be a legal product if you're watching the Oilers and the Flames or something and instead of a Budweiser commercial a cannabis commercial well you know that company is legal. And maybe, how about some advertisements saying, don't buy from online sites, they're not legal. Like, how about that? How about just exactly. some, some information advertisements from the federal government about what is and isn't legal? 
Great point. And, you know, I actually saw there was one ad that did come out. It was it was a Drive Alive commercial. So it's a, it's a special interest group, right? Because their whole agenda is about, you know, be safe, drive alive or whatever, whatever uh, their main mantra is. So they actually put out a really good a TV commercial that I saw actually while I was in BC where they had um, the Rob, uh, Rob something. He's one of those chefs from... Uh, the Food Network, he said he saw that bar, back, backyard barbecue uh, mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. on the on the Food Network. So he's the he's like pretending to start this cooking class with cannabis. So the, it looks like he's he's about to start a, uh, like a cooking cooking segment, or and there's people there, and they're they're going to learn about cooking with cannabis. And the first thing he does is, which is the whole point, is gets everyone's keys, put them in a bowl, and then have there's a, a slide or a page that comes up that says. Make sure that if you're going to consume cannabis, even if you're going to eat with it, you have a safe way home, you have um, a taxi ride or something to keep up, or you're going to stay overnight. So that was the that was the public interest commercial funded by the groups that are wanting you to drive safely, right? Mm. But the whole point about who is doing and creating this content for co- public consumption, you're right, it should be government. But government um, is almost like it's, it's a it's this weird thing is they basically made it so that they're the only ones that can make these kinds of announcements because nobody else can get paid to do it except for people like us who are the or sort of the intermediaries but we're not allowed to promote any particular product (laughs) so it comes out of our own pocket and our own expense and risk to to whistleblow on these illegal actors yeah you know it's so funny the whole idea of you know, we want to keep uh, cannabis out of the hands of kids, which I totally agree on. And that's why everything is hidden so much with cannabis. But they're doing such a good job of hiding it from kids. They're hiding it from adults and, and people are exactly. are so confused. So uh, I don't know, we, yeah. we could do 20 minutes on just uh, that topic alone, but we should uh, move on to change makers. And uh, I want to know who you're shining the spotlight on this week when it comes to change makers. Yeah, so I wanted to do sort of a deep dive to, uh, into more retail uh, stores. So the legal places to buy cannabis, which they cannot advertise. Right. They really have no ability to advertise or talk about their amazing store concepts and what they're doing. So here's a chance for, for me to shout out to them. that I, I There's one that I saw. Um, it's called Supret. Supret is a, they're based in Ontario. Um, they have the one store open already in Ottawa, and they just opened a second one in Toronto on Young Street. So very... Um, well-known part of, of Toronto and on, uh, Ontario is, you know, the famous Young Street, the longest street in Canada. Um, and they're opening sort of three more stores in the Toronto area. So I saw like a, um, they had a, a tour of the store and everything. And you know what? I love this store because it didn't look like anything I've ever seen before, not just from a Canada store, but from any store. Um, it was really, it had the whole feel of like a kid in a candy store, almost like a flower shop. Mm. It had like a flower shop motif. So it was super colorful, super bright. And they actually did have flowers, but they were, um, I think they were fake flowers. I don't think it was real flowers, but it's just the way it was all done up was it literally looked like, you know, like a fresh flower shop, um, and, and just behind the glass, uh, pr- product that really like made it feel like it was so fun to be in there. The whole environment was super exciting and, uh, and just bright and, and, and fun. And different, it was a different feel than any sort of store that I've really seen yet. Well, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, it's, it's, we just talked about the uh, lack of uh, opportunities to tell people, you know, about your store. 
Um, you, you, you're relying on word of mouth and, you know, whatever else that you're legally allowed to do. But once they get in the store, that's on you, right? Like that is where you become the reason that they come back or your employee or your layout or whatever it is. Once they're inside those doors, that's where you have the control to hopefully get them to come back. Yeah, and not just come back, but tell other people about them. I mean, the whole concept here is a virality word of mouth and extremely uh, memorable because it is so, like, fun and interesting. And their whole concept, and I think and talking to the owners, it sounds like they're thinking about the whole retail experience and the whole, like, retail experiential experience. Like, not just coming to the store and buying something, but this, is, this has been a trend in retail for a few years where – it's all about how much excitement and delight and enjoyment and making the, the customer-centered experience really prevail so that they talk about it and share and amplify in their channels. That's what I think they're trying to go for here, and I think that's fantastic, um, especially in this day and age where retail has sort of been this scary world with COVID. You know, we don't know what you can go into and how long you can stay and all that stuff. So I think by going back to the basics of, really trying to attract and delight the customer that they can then tell a story about what they experienced to come back themselves or others will come as well, um, as, along with the staff who are educated and have the product readily available. That's what's going to stand apart for the threat, and I'm excited to see them carry it out. You can find more information at www.suppretshop.com. And for a lot of people, uh, going to the cannabis store is maybe a once a week or twice a month or maybe even once a month sort of event. So for, for them, it might be a cool, uh, almost like an, an outing and, and you get to experience. And, and that's what uh, it seems like they're trying to create is that cannabis shopping experience that makes you come back and bring a friend uh, when you do. Okay, let's check out what it means to be green. And Uh, The quote, the grass is always greener on the other side is on the forefront of this topic. Yeah, so, I mean, sort of taking us back to the first topic that we had, I I really wanted to to highlight why I think this is still going on in the illicit market. And what what I mean by the grass is greener is it's better on the other side. So what's better, you know, really, this is a very old cliche that can mean lots of things depending on the conversation it's in. But this is, in my opinion, the leading reason as to why the illicit market is still operating stronger than ever. And this is not just for me thinking about this. This is in talking to lots of people that are in this space of trying to move things over to the legal side and trying, coming up against the same objections and, and the reasoning why the, the operators are still operating in this space. And largely, it's because of the fact that there is such a, a strong opportunity for incongruence. There's this, this lack of consistent messaging from any one source, these massive loopholes like we talked about earlier, um, and also because the money is flowing. Like, the illicit market does not have any kind of financial impetus to switch. Um, they have a lot of money coming in to block people purchasing on their websites in different places or roadside, uh, you know, uh, stands or pop-up shops that are not paying the right tax uh, allotment or or all of the hurdles of regulatory that increase the cost of operation. Um, but really, it's, it's, you know, they provide um, a, a, a situation that is giving the, the customer what they want and what they need, which is the green part of cannabis, the, the true abundant terpene profiles, high-quality strains, literally the greener cannabis 
uh, rich with, uh, you know, their trichomes and, and beautiful uh, sparkling crystals and smell is advertised, which is essentially what's not happening on the legal side with all of the packaging issues that we're seeing. Um, and just people having, you know, putting it through regulations, they have to have it inside a pocket. So from the illicit uh, side of things, the the, 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 the the group of people that still want to support and produce cannabis and get it to their end clients have, you know, some cases I think have the best intentions in mind. They really want to get the best product, the greenest of product to their customers um, in an approachable and customer-centric way. And essentially the legal world has encumbered that. It's made it not so green. And, and that I think is really at the, the essence of why um, this is still occurring and, and the main problems that need to be fixed before we really see that elimination of the, of the black market side. Well, it is, uh, you know, it is something interesting. Um, you know, we, we, we've been, we've both been to those, uh, old school dispensaries where they're weighing it in front of you and you're, you're looking at the cannabis, you're smelling the cannabis, you're seeing the cannabis before you take it home, as opposed to, you know, buying it, getting it home, opening it and being like, wow, those buds are not very good or whatever. You know, like nobody is, nobody yeah. is going to, nobody in an old school dispensary would buy some of the stuff that you do get uh, in, in the, there, there's the odd batch. You wouldn't do that. So I would love to be able to go back to a time where you can uh, do that sort of thing and, and be able to you know, experience cannabis on a, a kind of a more personal level and see exactly uh, what you're getting. But, you know, I, I don't know if we'll we'll ever get to that situation. But there's got to be a happy medium between the the two situations. And until you get rid of the illicit market, well, those people are going to keep popping up. Why wouldn't they? It's it's kind of hard. It'd be weird to, to if they didn't. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, thinking, thinking about what that, what that happy medium could look like. I mean, I actually think there is an answer to that. I think Farmgate is the answer to yeah. that. Yeah. You know, just like we have farm to table vegetables, well, the same vegetables are in the store in a package or in a cellophane or whatever. But if you think about Farmgate being able to go to the place where it's grown, um, smell it fresh off of its, you know, um, natural progression before it gets to the customer and, and take it home and buy it and, mm-hmm. or buy it and take it home. I think, that's the answer, but that's not legally, fully legal yet. And But I think if we get moved towards that direction, because the farm gate allows to have that regulated process, um, but within the end, the, the seed to sale is in one location or in one you know physical spot. So we can figure that out. I think we'll be closer to what that ideal happy medium is. I think that's uh, getting us closer exactly, Melka, to that happy medium. I mean, you go into a wine store, somebody can actually open a bottle of wine, pour it, and you can taste it. Now, I'm not suggesting that we're ever going to get to the point where they're going to bring out a pipe and you're going to smoke a little bit of the cannabis in the store. But, man, it would be nice to be able to sniff it and look at it and see it uh, before you buy it. So so maybe we'll get there at some point. But uh, until then, as you mentioned, uh, uh, it's up to everybody else to uh, to enforce on the uh, illicit and uh, appreciate the legal market. Awesome, yeah. And just uh, one more piece to that is educate. We've got to continue, like ours ourselves and as many people as we can, to uh, explain what the real legal side looks like and how to benefit from it and what are the advantages. And I think education and enforcement will be will take us a long way. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Melka. Have yourself a uh, great week and we will chat again 
next Wednesday. Thanks, Dean. You as well. Have a great day.